0: show is produced in conjunction with blazing caribou studios you can check out this and other cool podcasts in the blazing caribou family by heading over to blazing caribou studios.com if you like the show consider becoming a patreon and donating because bcs is funded solely by listeners like you special thanks to alpha geek media and diamond club for their continued support and as always thank you for listening in another scene. There was a huge raccoon our, eating
1: in our kitchen. They're eating cute. From, Yeah, they're cute. But it turns out they're actually fierce beasts that can eat your face off.
0: Hello and welcome to Varmints. My name is Paul and I'm still not an animal expert. And I have wicked allergies this week and I'm sniffling and coughing and everything else. So while I'm doing that, I'm going to share our pilot episode with you. Uh, which is about raccoons. Now, I've cleaned up the audio a little bit and did some editing, but this is where the Varmints podcast started. So I'm going to go have a cup of tea, and I'll talk to you again at the end of this episode. Enjoy! What animal are we talking about today?
1: Looks like today we're going to be talking about raccoons.
0: Raccoons! I have did extensive research on raccoons before we we started this podcast in the past couple of weeks, uh, extensive research meaning I watched a few YouTube videos and I perused Wikipedia for about ten minutes. What other resource do you need? You don't really. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Got everything you need there. Raccoons, there's billions of them.
1: Yeah, they're everywhere. I, I guess uh, if you're in North America, uh, North America, you can't really escape ra- raccoons. So,
0: no, the little map on Wikipedia is when it shows the, the range of raccoons completely like everywhere except i think the desert has raccoons
1: yeah it looks like uh yeah it looks like uh some of the tundra too i guess they can't take the cold as well as uh as well as people can but they don't build houses so
0: (laughs) right everywhere you go you're going to get a raccoon but you're not necessarily going to get the same raccoon i learned that from wikipedia that there are several different kinds of raccoons
1: yeah i actually originally thought that like here, I'm, I'm in the uh, Chicago area, and we get these brown raccoons with the uh, trademark bandit mask, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it turns out there's a couple of different types of raccoons that you can find in other parts of the United States.
0: Yeah, and they're all pretty much the same, except for I'm down in Florida, and we have a thing called a torch key raccoon, which until this podcast, I didn't even know existed. And it's just the weakest looking little raccoon. It's like small and pale, like like that kid that's in every classroom that... Kind of is little and wimpy and smells like pee.
1: Yep, yep, the guy that uh, if you uh, bring a peanut within a foot of him, he goes and taps. That. <laughs> uh, yes, just, what you're that's, about.
0: that's the Torch Key Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you should, you should be proud of your state raccoon. Yeah, it does look pretty weak, uh, and and it just, like, the contrast of its pale fur with its dark hands and skin, it looks like just like it's been uh, pitifully wandering through some <laughs> mud and can't get clean, and yeah. Uh, speaking of cleaning, that's an interesting thing about raccoons. It's a, it looks like uh, they like to kind of clean their their food a lot, even though that's not necessarily what they're doing. But they always tend to grab their food and run it through water. It was an interesting behavior that I saw.
0: Yeah, did you find out why they do that? Because I couldn't, I couldn't see any reason why they did that.
1: No, I guess the 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 there I couldn't find a specific reason, but it seems like the. Uh, most likely explanation is that when they put their hands in water like think about when you put your hands in water how it becomes pruny and kind of soft it softens up their tough skin on their hands and it makes them um, able to kind of feel what they're touching a little a little better and they have like really strong sensory input from their hands so uh, it's kind of important for them to feel what they're they're about to eat that's how they determine if it's safe that's the best explanation I could
0: find that's interesting they have creepy little hands
1: Oh, yeah, it is real creepy, and especially, like, sometimes they get up on two legs and and walk around. Like, there's a really popular video of uh, a raccoon stealing cat food, and it, like, picks it up with its two hands, gets up on its hind legs, and walks off kind of like Gollum from uh, Lord of the Rings.
0: (laughs) You have to send me that link. I'll put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, sure thing I will.
0: That behavior, that reminds me of a a story. The only really raccoon story that I have is I did pool maintenance down here in Florida for... (laughs) The better part of 10 years. So if you have a, a pool that does, that's not enclosed by a screen or doesn't have a good fence around it, the raccoons will get in your pool. They'll wash off whatever they're eating in the pool. And normally they'll be in like on a ledge or on a step. And then before they leave, they'll take a big dump in your pool. Like <laughs> nice. every time. And so that's why down here, I don't know how it is up there, but down here raccoons are basically like vermin.
1: Yeah, I, I guess uh, up here, the they really the the big thing is they get into your trash, right? So you put out your trash for someone to come pick it up every every week, and they just kind of um, they they figure out ways to knock your can over, even if you try try as best as you can to make it inaccessible un- to them, they'll figure out a way to knock that can over and get into the trash, and then they just spread it all over the yard, and then you gotta uh, hurry up and clean it up before the garbage man gets there in the morning so that you can get your stuff all the way so, yeah so they are kind of annoying but there are people who uh see them and they're like oh it's such a cute animal let me feed it and then they get raccoons that hang out around their house and stuff and i, I don't know if i'd go that far with raccoons but they, they're not as big of a nuisance if you can manage to keep them away from your cans i wouldn't want them wandering around my backyard though
0: oh no 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 me neither and, and in fact when these people would get a raccoon in their pool, they would call like a uh, animal control
1: mm-hmm.
0: out, but not like animal control that works for the state. We have all these little companies that get rid of snakes and possums and all kind of, you know, if something is living in your attic, they'll come and get rid of it. Right. The one, one time it happened and the lady called out animal trappers to get rid of the raccoon. And the thing is in Florida, if you trap a nuisance animal, you can't release it back out into the wild. You have to kill it.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting rule.
0: Yeah, and this guy had a truck, and he had all these white boxes on the back of his truck and like propane, or I don't know what kind of, what were in these tanks. And he just happened to be there while I was cleaning the pool to get this raccoon that was in a cage that was growling and hissing and just pissed off. Mm -hmm. And I says, well, what do you do with the raccoon? He says, well, the raccoon will be dead before I leave. Oh wow! Before I get out on the main road, the raccoon will be dead. And sure enough, he took that cage. This is a real bummer of a story. Yeah. He took that. He took that cage and put it in one of those boxes and locked it and turned the gas on.
1: Oh, so so it just kind of, kind of probably goes to sleep and then just dies. At least it's probably a little more humane than you might expect.
0: It's humane, but I mean, Florida is so weird. So now you know that in Florida, we, in addition to all the other weird things that we have, <laughs> we have like these rolling raccoon Auschwitz vehicles rolling around.
1: <laughs> oh man, it's, it's Florida man and his raccoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what we do up here. Uh, I know for other animals like wolves and coyotes, we relocate them, but I, I don't think we'd necessarily consider those to be pests, right? So right. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we do with raccoons. I, I think a lot of people just kind of ignore them. We don't have as big of a problem, but maybe that's because I don't know a lot of people that have pools. So
0: <laughs> Right. Well, they do get into attics
1: yeah yeah that's actually a pretty common thing around here is that they get in the attics and they, they can do some some pretty pretty rough damage' because they can like just tear a hole in your wall
0: do you have like um like woods nearby where they can if they trap a raccoon they can just put put it back out in the woods
1: yeah actually but the the problem is is that the woods I have that are nearby are uh, for me specifically, they're about 20 feet from my house. So if you put it in the woods, it's just going to come right back in deer. Yeah. House, so, yeah.
0: Raccoons are generally hunted for fur and glue.
1: Yeah. So so I guess um, I didn't do too much of a deep dive into this. Do you know, are they still hunted? Or is it uh, maybe a little less common that they're hunted these days?
0: I think probably it's less common, but there are guidelines on the um, website for the state of Florida. As to how many, I mean, hunting guidelines for raccoons is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. You can kill as many as you want, as long as you use a 22.
1: Okay, so you have to have a shotgun, and you can't use, like, a rifle or something like that, and then... Right. Let's go, go to town.
0: Go to town. As many raccoons as you want for all the all your fur, glue, and meat needs.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're really into, like, uh, Davy Crockett
0: coonskin hats, uh, then they, you know... <laughs> you can still buy those. Oh really yes I a few years ago I went with my friend to West Virginia and I bought my son a coonskin cap and I don't know if it was <laughs> made out of real raccoon fur or not but you can still get those
1: <laughs> I, I like I, I feel like I've seen those in a lot of like uh, 1950s like television programs and movies and stuff and then since then I haven't really seen them as, as frequently so I, I'm a little surprised to hear that you can still get them I, I haven't seen any around here
0: yeah and glue. It did the the website I saw didn't really go into specifics about glue but parts of the raccoon are use are used for glue.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I know like like horse hooves and stuff like that to make glue, but I didn't know you could make glue out of a raccoon. I wonder how how they do that. It's I don't know. We'll maybe
0: maybe there's a raccoon in your gorilla glue.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> i mean it's it's a pretty plentiful source though
0: did you see the um on wikipedia did you see the automobile coat made out of raccoon fur no i somehow missed that it looks like i'll put it in the show notes it looks like it's about 80 pounds <laughs> it looks like your arms you could not drive while wearing this automobile coat you'd oh. have to take it off and put it in the trunk first
1: oh i see it this definitely looks like something for really wealthy folks. So I imagine these guys, the guys wearing this coat probably aren't actually even driving. They're getting driven.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah. Because I'm thinking if you if you dropped your car keys, you'd have to take that coat off before you picked your car, your keys up off the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, otherwise you're going to fall to the ground and I can... Get-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looks terribly uncomfortable.
1: Oh yeah, that thing is, that thing's pretty nuts.
0: And of course, people still eat raccoon mm-hmm. according to wikipedia several thousand raccoons are still eaten each year in the united states would you eat raccoon uh you
1: know what i think i would because I, when i think about it i think i'd eat just about anything when it comes down to it especially if i was hungry enough so so yeah I, i'd probably eat raccoon
0: if it, it, willingly you would eat raccoon if like the person w- making it knew what they were doing
1: if they knew what they were doing I, maybe if it was like just some random uh guy was like uh, picked up some roadkill off the side of the road and was like hey why don't you come over here I'm making some raccoon <laughs> might, I might not be as into that but if it was a guy that was like hey I got this recipe for raccoon let's, uh, let's make some raccoon I might try that
0: you'd have to not tell me that it was raccoon before I ate it you'd have to be like here Paul try this and I would try it and I'd say hmm that's not bad or oh, it's okay what is it raccoon if you told me beforehand it was raccoon I might try it a little bit I mean, it would really depend on who's making it and if they knew what they were doing. Yeah, the
1: setting definitely matters. So, so you w- wouldn't be too upset, though, once you already had eaten it, if it wasn't terrible tasting, if the person told you it was raccoon?
0: No, 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 not at all. There's very few things I won't eat.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: Yeah, no, just about anything I'll eat. And um, there's actually a raccoon recipe in the Joy of Cooking cookbook, and in later editions they took it out. I... I'm lucky enough to have an earlier edition of the Joy of Cooking cookbook. You have to wonder how many people actually made the raccoon recipe out of the Joy of Cooking cookbook.
1: Yeah, do you know when the, the not to put you on the spot here, but do you know when the Joy of Cooking was originally released? Because I, I imagine if it was like dates back as far as the 20s, it was probably pretty pretty common back when you would hunt for your own food uh, more frequently to to, um, to eat something like raccoon because, you know, it's something you could find easily in your, your, your yeah. neighborhood.
0: Well, I, I can tell you because I just so happen to have the Joy Cookin' cookbook right in front of me, and I have the 1975 edition, which still has all the wild game recipes in it, and this cookbook has been around since 1931.
1: Yeah, see, there you go. That's probably where where that recipe originated from.
0: Probably eating raccoons was a little more popular back then.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. It was easy to get, and uh, especially in the 30s when uh, money was scarce and you could just go out in your backyard and get your own raccoon.
0: Do you want to hear the recipe? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Now, here's where I would get in trouble is the very first step. Skin and remove the glands in small of back and on either side of spine.
1: Oh, my God. You got to remove glands.
0: You know I... what? I'll just go out in the garden and pick a bunch of carrots. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I,
1: I'm becoming. I'm not preparing this myself. If it comes down to that, I'm just becoming a herbivore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> remove all the fat inside and out. Soak overnight. Refrigerated oh. in salt water.
1: Okay, all right. That's that's gonna be pretty gross water by the time you you take it back out.
0: Okay. Now after that, you blanch, which like lightly boil the oh, meat. Okay. I was
1: going to say, I don't know what blanching is.
0: For 45 minutes in water and baking soda.
1: All right, okay.
0: Uh, Bring to a boil, reduce heat and simmer for 15 minutes. Preheat the oven to 350. Stuff the raccoon with sweet potato and apple dressing. Oh, starting to sound a lot better, though. Bake covered about 45 minutes. So basically, you just take all the flavor out of the raccoon. I think the raccoon is just a vessel for sweet potato and apple dressing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll take that. I like sweet potato and apple dressing.
0: I would eat that and just throw away the raccoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, who needs the raccoon? Just just get the, the stuffing together and uh, make a big big pot of stuffing.
0: Uh, Calvin Coolidge was given a pet raccoon for Thanksgiving. Somebody gave him a raccoon and said, here, eat this for Thanksgiving.
1: Huh, wait, so he, he, he was given a pet raccoon and then asked to eat it for Thanksgiving? Is yes. Me? Oh man.
0: As a gift for Thanksgiving dinner, somebody gave him a pet raccoon, said, here, you'll enjoy this. And he said, uh, no, I won't. <laughs> and he kept it as a pet. He didn't kill it. He named it Rebecca and he said, go put this out in the garden somewhere.
1: Yeah, once it becomes a pet, you can't eat that. Like, if you if you give it a name, then you're not eating it anymore.
0: No, and plus, in this was 1931, they had turkeys back then and ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he didn't get that raccoon and go. Oh, I was hoping somebody would give me a raccoon. I'm so tired of turkey and ham. I'm Especially, so tired of delicious foods for Thanksgiving. Give me that raccoon.
1: Right, exactly. Especially not the president. The, pre- the president's eating high end meats, you know. So. <laughs>
0: According to Ernest Thompson Seton, author and wildlife artist, young specimens killed without a fight are palatable, whereas old raccoons caught after a lengthy battle are inedible.
1: Oh, wow, so the battle kind of matters to, to how the raccoon tastes, huh? I
0: guess so. Hi there, this is Brett Stewart from the Jukebox Podcast. Are you a huge fan of music, or perhaps you'd like to expand your sonic horizons? Well, I am here to help. Every month, the Jukebox digs deep into the finest of the world's independent music. From folk to blues to hip-hop, rock and roll, jazz, spoken word, experimental, even classical, we spend time with it all. Plus, I bring industry professionals and fellow fans on Jukebox Roundtables every month to discuss the latest news and topics in the industry. Join me at jukeboxpodcast.com and on all major podcatchers. What else? Raccoons! Raccoons in pop culture. Any famous raccoons come to mind?
1: Well, yeah, there's... Uh, I, are you familiar with the Marvel comic uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? I am! Yeah, there's uh, Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I kind of like how they portrayed him as being like unusually smart, because in my experience, raccoons are... as far as animals go, they're probably one of the most intelligent animals that there are. Rocket Raccoon was a pretty smart animal, so it was a good representation.
0: Oh, he was definitely one of the best parts of the movie.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. He was pretty hilarious.
0: Another raccoon that I wanted to mention that confused me for the better part of my childhood was Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles, the song. Fair um, enough.
1: You're going to have to tell me a little bit more about that because maybe that's a little bit before my time.
0: <laughs> it may be. I'm 45 years old, and I became aware of the song Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles about the same time I became aware of the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. Are you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, I'm a little familiar with that. They used to have reruns of that on, on Saturday morning cartoons back when they had those.
0: I would watch the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon, and they kept calling him a squirrel. Right. And I said, well, clearly he's not a squirrel because the Beatles just told me he's a raccoon. That's like, a, the Beatles are right, aren't they?
1: That's a good point. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch watch the, the uh, old cartoon a little more. Because right? couldn't Rocky fly? He could fly. Could, can raccoons fly? Uh that's a good question we should
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so <laughs>
1: I, I think they so i've seen a lot of raccoons uh, climb trees and i've seen on once or twice i've seen a couple of cases where a raccoon has fallen out of a tree and i can tell you that they don't seem to fly around here <laughs> <laughs> so, they don't
0: seem very aerodynamic
1: no they, and they're not very uh graceful either they're kind of they're kind of you ever see them run they just kind of lumber around and i don't i don't see a raccoon flying to be honest with
0: you. they do they have a weird hunched over kind of like a gallop like they're not yeah. even supposed to be walking
1: yeah let's, let's go back to my um my uh, comment about when they look a little bit like Gollum a little bit because yes please like they got this like hunched over uh sort of like you know it's like Gollum from lord of the rings it's like they're trying to get somewhere like they've been crawling through a cave all, all their lives or something like that. They look like they, they might naturally be able to stand up on their hind legs, but instead walk all hunched over. So
0: Maybe that's why they're so bad at crossing the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
0: They can't really seem to get that together. So a lot of animals
1: can run pretty fast, and one thing I, I found out was that raccoons run... Uh, about the same speed as humans and and really
0: are they that fast
1: well yeah so i guess they're they're fast for their size but if you think about the act of crossing a road humans usually need to wait for a light to change or something like that to get safely across any busy road right and that's that's why i think uh, raccoons have a little bit of trouble with uh with streets is because they don't know how to wait for a light, right? Yeah,
0: they're just standing there going, man, that Taco Bell dumpster is just right over there. I need to get to it immediately. One other thing, the internet likes to give alternate names to uh, animals, I found out. The alternate name for a raccoon, have you heard this? Uh, No, tell me what it is. Trash pandas. Trash pandas. Yeah, they do like to go through the trash. It's neat that we did this for our first podcast because I have one animal skull, and it's a raccoon skull, and I'm going to Take a picture of that as well and put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So there you have it. Paul and I recorded this on a Saturday afternoon. We were both extremely nervous. Uh, I don't know if that came through on the recording or not. And we had a few sound issues, but we put it out there and we asked for feedback. And surprisingly, to me anyway, we got some really positive responses and feedback from our friends and family, but also from total strangers who took the time to listen. Uh, One of those strangers was Sean Burns, who gave us some really great feedback and said, Hey, my friend Carrie and I have this thing called Blazing Caribou Studios. And uh, so here we are. And I think I can speak for Paul Wilk when I say that we are very grateful that they liked what they heard and agreed to give us a home... Uh, right here on blazing caribou studios they both work very very hard on our behalf so thank you sean and carrie we do appreciate it very much please go to blazing there you can find our show page i put show notes up for every episode where you're going to find pictures video uh, links to other websites and all sorts of bonus stuff that goes right along with that week's episode uh, you'll also find all sorts of ways to listen to the show and contact us If you like the show, please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and subscribe and leave us a nice rating and review. We do appreciate that. This podcast was produced by me, with technical support from Matthew Chomo and Paul Wilk. All the music is by Kevin McLeod. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. On behalf of Paul Wilk, I thank you so much for listening, and until next time, be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you like this podcast and want to hear more like this, consider supporting the BCS Patreon at blazingcariboustudios.com. A special thanks to Pinto and the Bean for our company theme music. If you want to hear more, head on over to pintoandthebeanmusic.com, where you can check out this and other cool tracks. From a shallow world